Stand clear of the closing doors, please. My mind is just like so blown right now. Is this still recording? Because I think it caps out. So welcome back to Basic Browners. Today, I have an episode for you guys that is very near and dear to me because we're bringing on someone amazing that I have known literally my entire life and then some. And so I'm super excited to introduce you guys to Douglas. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me here today. It's so exciting to in this room with you and collab on this. Yeah, so we're actually today at Anchor.fm's labs. Um, so we're super excited. Hashtag ad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're super excited. Anchor is the platform that we use to podcast and has been extremely supportive. Literally found Basic Browners on, on Instagram and was like, y'all need to use this and has been extremely supportive. So today we're recording in their lab in Manhattan. And it's a really full circle moment for me because this is actually the building that I worked in for almost four years. So today I was literally walking up to this building and I was like, wow, like going through so many feelings and emotions, um, just coming back into the elevator. And I was like, oh my God, like my career started here. Like I started Basic Brown Nerds because I felt like the only one, right? And really wanted to create an outlet and a medium for people to share their stories. And so that's really what we're doing season two, right? Sharing stories of other basic browners. And who better than the one of the OG basic browners, Douglas, who is my cousin. So I'm super excited. And so let's introduce Douglas a little bit. So Douglas, tell I know your entire life story. I know. This but... is going to be so hard to talk to you about my whole life. Like, let's, where do I start? Conception? Yeah. No. So everyone doesn't... <laughs> Actually, yes. Um, so obviously you guys don't know who he is. And you can find him on Instagram. What's At your Instagram? Underscored. Where is it underscore? It is underscore. Okay. Underscore Douglas Michael. <laughs> D-O-U-G-L-A-S-1-S Michael. And yeah, and you know, Douglas is a huge advocate for POC, gay communities. Um, and also, so, you know, we grew up together. We grew up together in Queens, in, in Richmond Queens. Hill, Queens. No, I was in Ozone Park. Oh, well, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would love you to kind of walk us through from conception. From conception. How did your parents meet? Well, actually, really funny story. So my mother came here, oh my gosh, like I think in the late 80s, mid 80s maybe. I feel like it was early 80s because we have pictures of our parents in bell-bottom jeans. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> Flashbacks. Yeah, so my mother came out here. My parents both came out here in the early 80s and my mother is Valerie's dad's father's cousin so that's how we're related through that and they were always best friends i guess growing up so they kind of had the same relationship that valerie and i grew up having um they and were basically like siblings yeah yeah <laughs> i think they were raised by um our my grandmother because mm -hmm. your father i think your parents right something happened yeah my 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 <clears throat> dad's mom had her really young yeah um so he actually was raised by my by his grandmother um in Puerto Barrios, mm -hmm. right? And that's where our Woo. parents are from, Puerto Barrios. 
Guatemala. Holla. <laughs> Shout out to our Chapinos. <laughs> yes. So um, Valerie's father actually had a deli in in, Queen, in Richmond Hill, Queens. Yeah. So entrepreneurship just runs in our family. From, from the get-go. And my mother worked there. And my mother actually met my father there. My dad was a regular shopper at this little deli at the bodega that they had. And my mother, you know, being such a queen, would turn him down every single time. He would come into the shop and be like, let's go on a date together. Um, well, finally... They went on a date, and that was a long story. They they met, they had me a few years later, and it was just so interesting to see how something of that, like a bodega could bring two people together, and the fact that our parents... Central Americans, yeah, too, in an area that there wasn't really other any Latinos. of that influence, and I think... That was maybe the start of that heavy influence of mm -hmm. the Hispanic community. Hashtag trendsetters. Trendsetters, yeah. <laughs> well, it's so funny, too, because not only did we live about 20 minutes away from each other, but we also had another cousin that lived 20 minutes in just between Senia. us. Just Senia, if you're out there, this is for you. <laughs> Whose birthday party we were just at. Yeah, and that's so also weird. so weird. <laughs> well, it's, it's so beautiful in a way to really be able to see how our parents grew up and the relationship that they had and how really a value it was to be communal mm -hmm. and and share just share each other's lives yeah and that was something that we definitely i think really embarked uh, on our age and are really learning now to really secure and not to let go of because i mean we've had a fallout too and right. i think that happens with family anywhere but it's just coming to that realization that Family, I guess, does really mean everything. Oh my God. <laughs> so emotional. We're probably going to cry at the end of this yeah, episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're actually like a month and a half apart. I'm older okay. and I will never let her mm -hmm. live this down. And you're like an <laughs> by inch a month taller. And like, yes, I'm older by a month and like two weeks. And I'm also two inches taller than her. So <laughs> if you're picturing what I look like, just put a mustache on Valerie and have your eyebrows. <laughs> And a cute boy, and that's me. <laughs> just got my hair a little just, bit. Yeah. I don't have her curls, although I wish I had that Latin like <laughs> flavor on my head. Which is funny because we went to the Rizos Reina's party by Rizos yeah. Curls, and he was like, Where's my curls? Yeah. And I was like, I was trying. I scrunched my hair. I, I was the fakest Latino with wavy hair because my hair is just pain straight. I don't know how genetically that happened. But I, I got some water, some hair, hair gel, and I was like, crimp, 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 here we go. Gotta gotta look as ethnic as possible for this Rizzo's party. But, but yeah. I mean, that's been so cool. Just I mean, I have to say first, you know, before we really dive into anything, you know, it, it's it's so nice to to come on board and really see you guys. You need to see the hard work that this girl puts into <laughs> everything because I don't know how she comes up with the resources and who to call and who to do what with, but it, it's been an amazing adventure for her, from her, for her, seeing it in an outside perspective. And it's, and it's, <laughs> it's really nice to be joining in. So no, you should be, she should be very proud of herself and, you know, stop it. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> No, you know, I think it's very important for us to to really encourage each other, especially as people of color, because we don't have that anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I think I've mentioned this before about seeing social influencers, I guess you can say, or people on social media um, that do take on this influencing um, narrative and who are they mostly targeting? Mm -hmm. but, you know, not people of color. Uh, uh, I've said this before where I log onto my Instagram and all I see is, and 
not that there's anything wrong with white people because we love them. But <laughs> allies, we like our allies. Yeah, we like our allies. But when you look well, for me, when I look at my Instagram feed, just white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, and yes, they're gay, but there's really no connection uh, other than the fact that they are gay because our struggles are so different. And right. even the struggle between someone who is gay and Hispanic and between two people who are gay and Hispanic is still very different. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we should be shining light on really on the person of color community and how we can unify each other and really support each other in any in any route whether it be <clears throat> something like this of this nature you know congratulations to Valerie someone who's a person of color doing this fight or I don't know like just any our cousin who's becoming a teacher you know those are the things and the aspects that we should always yeah. be supporting one another in and I think that supporting we forget that. all the basic boundaries yes. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, I feel like that's really something that I have learned um, because, you know, we both grew up in communities where we were like the tokens, right? Like yeah. any other Central Americans I knew was literally like our family, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. our, our community was literally like, you know, all the tios and tias, the cousins, right? Yeah. And, and the like, fake tios and tias. Yeah, the ones that, you know, <laughs> were other Central Americans and we're just like, join your tribe. Um, and I feel like in today's day and age, there's the internet, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think you can always find something in common with someone, right? Yeah. Like regardless of how different you might appear, but there is something so special about finding someone who relates to you, mm -hmm. right? Because you feel so much less alone. And it's crazy because I've built, you know, I'm always the type of person you meet me in person and I'm going to like come up and say hi and just yeah. be like, what's up? But that's also and how we were raised. Right, like we're just social people, yeah. right? Like we're very social people. And I feel like the internet just gave me an extra medium to be like, let me connect with other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's really cool because you can use it as a tool to build community, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, you see a lot of like influencers online that are just like, look at how pretty my dress is yeah. and whatever. And that's totally cool. I get that money, like get that sponsorship. Um, I work in advertising, like I get it. Like ad tech is literally my life. Um, but I think there is also so much power in using your voice and narrative to empower others, right? Like not How just- How are we tailoring these- Exactly. So- and platforms. It's really funny you <clears throat> mentioned that because I was literally, I've been audiobooking um, Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. Oh. Oh, it's so good. Like I, I literally care. Uh, yeah. I'll give you my audible. Yeah. Um, I hate reading PS. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> There's so many hacks, tech, right? You can listen now. Um, and really one of the things that Michelle Obama was saying is one, related to her so hard, because you know, she was hardworking, like the only like POC in so many spaces. Mm -hmm. And for her, she was saying how, you know, she would wear her her gowns, right? Like her pretty yeah. gowns. And she realized everybody would just talk about like, oh my God, look like at her outfit, wearing, yeah. right? And she was just like, I literally have policies that I want to put in place. Like, she's an educated woman, right? Like, she was director of these, like, hospital programs. She's a lawyer. She was literally Barack's boss. Um, so, a badass woman. Behind every successful man is a woman. And behind every yes. successful woman is a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> just to let you guys know. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> right sorry that's... it's such so <laughs> um but yeah it's so funny because she was saying you know like okay so she realized vanity fair is gonna put her on the cover like she's gonna be on vogue and everything and she's gonna be wearing these dresses so she, what did she do she made sure that she was wearing american designers right people that were maybe not as known that she was totally supporting um and also you know if she was out there 
being like, okay, someone's going to photograph me. What did she do? She was like painting a wall, right? So mm-hmm. everyone was like, why is she painting this wall? She was painting a veteran's wall because she was like, we're going to bring attention to this right yeah. now. And I think that's really something that we can do. Even, you know, even if you don't have thousands of followers, like you have someone that you're influencing, right? That you are a role model for. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the other thing. Like you're not just like this influencer. I really like that word bothers me, but it's more like you're a role model to a lot of people watching, yeah. right? Especially like the more you move up, the more you accomplish that, you know, I didn't see anyone that looked like us when we were growing up. You know, right? <laughs> even, even I, so I lived in Long Island and uh, the suburbs of Long Island in yeah, Suffolk County. Get back to you. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh. We were saying this whole time we're going to have nothing to talk about. Like, we're going to be so awkward. <laughs> we're just like, <laughs> all right, back to our old days, just shooting the shoot. Yeah. Um, so, where did you grow up? We, we, wait. Okay. So, let's set the scene, right? Yeah. So, we've 1991. 1991. We are conceived. Wait, no. No, I was born in 1991 on a hot August day. Oh, my fellow Virgos out there. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> On August 28th, 1981, um, my mother actually had, I almost died in during birth. And I, almost, I didn't know this. Yeah, my mother almost died too. Because I wasn't born yet. Yeah. <laughs> she's a month younger, if you forgot. <laughs> uh, my umbilical cord got wrapped around my... Oh my God, I did not know <laughs> this. And I guess my mom, my mother just had a very complicated birth, you know, and someone... Uh, uh, and I now actually come reflecting on it... Uh, her being Hispanic and uh, me being a first generation. So she, when she was here in the States, I don't even, honestly, I don't think she was an American. Like, I don't think she was a U.S. citizen yet. Well, so our parents, my dad came over first and then your mom came over and joined him. And I think they shared an apartment at one point. I think so. Yeah. So, and then Victor came. Which is our Jasenia's dad. Uh Um, but yeah, and they kind of, you know, we were working. Oh my God, this is so full circle. They yeah. were working at the bodega together. Yeah, they were all. And now we're working on this together. <laughs> oh my God, give me a moment, people. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, August 28th, 1991. Um, now thinking about my the complications that my mother has had, you know, and I think this is also something that we, I mean, not to touch base heavily on today, but it's also a conversation to have in how people of color are ignored. Mm-hmm. Um, in hospital settings and especially at birth and birth like, and yes when they're maternal birth. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and there's so many high mortality rates for children of people of color um because they're not getting the same treatment as a white woman or a white couple is and just thinking about how my mother had a complication i'm glad that nothing happened and it, I mean, me too. she didn't even yeah i mean for her to she went in thinking that her pregnancy her labor was going to be all normal and for the umbilical cord to be wrapped around my neck and then they found out that she actually had a heart condition when giving birth to me so at one point two at what point that's the question at what point was this diagnosis ignored or at what point was it acknowledged but not said out loud to the actual patient and i think the other thing is you know growing up in the struggle you're used to struggling yeah and you don't pay attention to that it's just just another challenge and you have to overcome it yeah (laughs) and i think that's too where we come from now and and seeing how our struggles you know we complain to each other all the time like oh my god i don't know what to wear like you know this the stupidest littlest the of basic things, things the basic things like oh my god should i get a frap or should i get like a macchiato kind of thing and... <laughs> <laughs> okay i usually like the tea but that's side that's mm-hmm. side um, macchiato for you, <laughs> um what did i say <laughs> 
Your mom. Mother. So, yeah, it's just those, those hardships and the struggles, too. Like, you know, when we talk about something so silly about what to wear or that, you know, we just reflect and think about we had it pretty easy and we continue to have it pretty easy. The struggles that we are having are nowhere near having to cross the border mm-hmm. more than once. If you've had to, my mother has had to do that twice. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> Supporting not just your family here in the States, but also not having responsibility in a different country and having to be that right. caretaker for more than one person because, you know, Hispanic families, we can't keep oh, it to one yep. child. <laughs> Only if my parents did. But, you know, it, that just becomes the, the hardships that we And then leaving your whole family. Yeah. Right? Like our parents didn't even see their 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 parents, their family until what, like years later, mm-hmm. like after they got citizenship. Yeah. Right. So, like, I know my dad, like, I think he went almost 10 years and saved up. And back then, flights were super expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, they were, like, $600. And that's, like, in the 90s. Like, now it's, like, 300 500 But there. that yeah. was a lot. And we brought, like, you know, um, Mama Chela and our, my grandma, my great-grandma. I think like, so. Abuelita. Yo, I don't remember her name. Oh, my God. Know. She's going to strike fire on us. Well, she was like, I was a baby when she passed away. Like we were both young, but, but I feel like that's the other thing, you know, they'll try, they'll work so hard to bring family over because they can't come, mm-hmm. right? They can't go. And like, you know, our parents went years without seeing their families, yeah. right? Um, so it just kind of adds to, to like my upbringing and, and, and those hardships that you really don't realize that your parents are going through and you're mm-hmm. just a little child, like and they were walking young. around. Yeah. Our parents were like... <laughs> I think my mother was 27 when she had me. And I mean, that's that's kind of relatively now in the norm or was in the norm then right. before. But I mean, for a Hispanic woman, she back was then, old. She was old <laughs> to have a child. Yeah. You know, like my mother was telling me once, like before, well, this is sidetracking, but, you know, like she was, she had an arranged person to. What? Yeah. I out so much. Yeah. She was telling me that she had some guy, he was much older, I think like 10 years, five years older than her. And um, they were just, I don't know. I, my, they, my grandparents thought this is the man who you marry because here in Guatemala, he has money. You're going to be well off. That's the important yeah, part. <laughs> right. And sometimes that's not the case. And sometimes that really isn't important. So ladies, money doesn't make a man and it doesn't make you either. So, you know, be strong. That's true. Although if anybody wants to sponsor my life, I'm totally okay with it. Yeah, that's different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if it's a business, of course, money matters. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can look at marriage as a business. It all depends. It's kind of a transaction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Basic Brown Nerds, and we'll be right back. If you want to hear more from us, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Basic Brown Nerds. Do you have an idea and want to work together? Or are you interested in sponsorships and collaborations? Please don't hesitate to email our team. It's hello at basicbrownnerds.com. Visit basicbrownnerds.com and get nerdy. You can listen to our other episodes, shop some of our cool products, and get to know more about this fun project. Thanks for listening to Basic Brown Nerds. So those struggles and reflecting and relating to the suburban area that I lived on in Long Island, right. you know, and, and going How back. How old were you when you moved out there? Because you I, moved out first to the suburbs. I think it was nine or nine or ten. I was young. Um, I remember going. Oh, this is so funny. I remember going being in my elementary school over in Long Island in Suffolk. 
uh, county and walking in. I cried. I cried the hour and a half drive from Queens to Long Island. Like, no, no me quiero ir. No me gusta los gringos. No quiero estar allá. <laughs> no me gusta. Like, los this is me, like a little child saying that. And, and you went to public school. And I went to public school, but that's also too, like, right. my public school, PS 90, child, I think that's it. Hmm. I don't know. But, like, your school was heavily POC, right? Heavily. So, going from a, a place where you only see uh, Black people or other Hispanics or, you know, Asians, um, and, and then going to the suburbs of Long Island, and where are they? Where are they? <laughs> they weren't anywhere. I, I was gagged. <laughs> What? I was gagged. Like sexually? No. It's a gay thing. My gay followers will understand. I was gooped. <laughs> um, but yeah, going to Long Island and, and not having anyone to relate to was definitely difficult for me. I think at that point I had I had an identity struggle. I didn't know what was okay for me to say about myself. And then I didn't know if it was okay to be Spanish or speak Spanish in public. Um, I do remember one day in, in class i don't know were they using me you tell me this now it's, isn't that funny when you have those self-reflection yeah. moments and you're just like that wasn't okay i think i was being exploited yeah so you can probably tell me if, if i was being exploited here mm -hmm. because i remember Wait, mind you like to our listeners how old are you at this age when you're having this identity crisis 10 young that's 10. insane that's my brother's age 10. and that's not even to get started on the fact like figuring out that it was not just I was brown and different from everyone else, but I was also gay. <laughs> like, Did you realize that you were gay? Is that an inappropriate question? Yes, yes. No, that's that's truly, I think it's appropriate. I think that that topic or that is a discussion that really needs to be had more often. And we don't, we don't choose to be gay. We find out that we're gay. And, <laughs> and, you know, and some people find out much later in their lives. I actually have a friend right now who's kind of going through the struggle of being queer and she doesn't understand. Um, and I think what's for her, what's been the realization that she might be queer is that she isn't having, can I say this, um, satisfactory sexual encounters yeah, with men. It's fine. This is explicit. Okay. We have it rated for explicit <laughs> for this reason. Okay. Well, yeah. So she's not liking the peen. And, you know, I, I, it, it, it's all different. For me, I remember watching Don Francisco and on Don Francisco, they had the male models. And then there's Speedos. And I remember getting a boner at like, <laughs> like six years old on like watching these guys in Speedos. And I was like, I don't know. Do I have to pee? Like, I didn't understand do what I that was. I didn't understand what it was, but I knew that I felt some type of way. I was like hot and bothered. I was like, okay, this is weird. And I had a best friend named Oliver <clears throat> in Queens. We were hanging out all the time. We were the same age. He lived right next door. He was mixed. He was um, Middle Eastern, I'm not really sure where exactly, but I know that his father was Middle Eastern and his mother was British. That was an interesting... Like white British? Yeah, white British. So I thought that was like very interesting. And Did she have an accent? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so fascinated yeah. by accents. And you know, and that's like the only white person that I knew, like mm -hmm. a white person with an accent. Who was an immigrant. Who was an immigrant. <laughs> that's like a whole other <laughs> And then going experience. to the suburbs. Yeah. And no one's an immigrant. <laughs> um, but uh, just finding out like, the gayness or that I was gay, you know, a, a part of that was I had a crush on my friend Oliver and I didn't realize that I had a crush on him. And I remember one day we were on my bed, we were watching TV and I started playing footsies with him and he turns over again, guys, we're like six, seven here. So just 
crazy. Six and seven. And that's crazy that we know, we do know at a young age where our sexual preferences are leaning towards, our identity is is heading. And I remember playing footsies with him. He looked at me, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, we can't, we're just playing. We can't play like this? <laughs> he's like, no, boys don't do that together. And he got up and he went to the bathroom. I was so embarrassed. Oh. We came back and then like we did whatever, you know, whatever boy things at six years old that you do. But yeah, just, you know, I that those were one of the moments that really climaxed and that forever I can tell you in detail, like what. What color are your socks? I wasn't wearing socks. Oh, I was. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't wearing Scandalous. socks. He was wearing socks. I was wearing shorts. We were on my bed, and my bed like faced the window. I forgot what show we were watching. Something about toys, of course, at six years old. But just that whole interaction, I just remember being so let down. Like, oh, okay, I guess this isn't right. And right. then going. From that and, you know, living the next three years of my youth in Queens and having to establish myself in Long Island, I, I felt lost. I didn't know right. how to be gay or what it meant to be gay, especially in our in being in a part of a Latin community and that right. Latinx community. In our small little yeah. familial community, right? Like everyone's chismeando, like. Yeah, chismes everywhere and, and being gay is not accepted. Right. Like I remember growing up, it was always just like, oh, like, you know, Doris, like, make, like watch him, like make sure, you know, and. Meanwhile, these conversations are happening and I'm not like knowing, like now that we're both right. of age, you know, older than 21, we now. <laughs> way older. <laughs> way older. I know. I'm trying to make us younger. Shut up. <laughs> whoops um having these conversations now and realizing that like people were talking about me at eight years old talking about a little boy making sure he doesn't become gay or he doesn't right. turn out to be gay you and were obsessed with charm i was obsessed with charmed dolphins dolphins and your room was pink my room was not pink my rug was pink and my rug was pink guys because I was nine years old and I did not have a choice about what my mother decided to put in my room. But I guess it was my mom's fault. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I love you, mommy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just it's it's amazing how where you go, especially being a, being a person of color and being also part of the LGBT plus community, it. it you have to really sit back and reflect on a lot of different things. And you don't realize that you have to have these conversations with yourself. Yeah. And you had said that you felt like you were being used at one point in your school. Oh, yeah. You didn't so get into that. Going back to that. Um, I feel like there's so many moments. I had like, I, <laughs> like my that. teacher. I don't know if she did. I, maybe she did this to make me feel more comfortable. And if that is the case, then wow. Now I realize that I, how uncomfortable I was. <laughs> I mean, what is that saying? Like, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. Right. Well, she would host, or not host, but she would she would be like, at the end of class, she'd be like, great, Douglas, come. Let's let's teach the class Spanish. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. And I was so excited. Like, right. oh, my God, I'm going to share. I'm going to share who I am. Like, that's right. a part of me. Like, because they knew. I, I think I either had the conversation. I don't know if my parents attempted to have a conversation. This was years ago so you know my parents english back then was way off than it is now you know it's, it's did you also better. have to like translate for your mom because i know like i did all the so time. much as a kid all the time i still do there are still situations now where my parents 
Uh, I'm 27, by the way. Uh, at 27 year olds, I have at 27 year old, I have to translate and be the mediator for my parents in certain situations, and it's astonishing that they've been here for so long, and that especially my father's English language has improved so much, but mm -hmm. there's still situations where they right. feel uncomfortable. I mean, I honestly don't think I could pick up a second language at this point. Third. Oh yeah, third. <laughs> yeah, like I really, I mean, that'd be so hard, you know, like, but you're forced to, like, it's a survival thing. And I think that's, you know, in that episode with uh, Veronica, like, that's what we were talking about, like generational tasks, right? Mm -hmm. Like each of our, you know, gen our generation has a task that they have to accomplish, right? So like our parents was that they came here, right? Yeah. And they kind of- That was their job pushed it to forward. get here right. and that's it. And I feel like a lot of ours is really just like healing, right? Mm -hmm. And- I know the first time I went to therapy, like I had an intake, like, you know, I was doing poor person therapy. I was like, please take me, like put me on your <laughs> list. Um, and it was, you know, they were just kind of like doing through it and they were like, wow, like you've been surviving like this whole time. And I was like, what you mean? Yeah. Um, but then I was like, yeah. And they were like, okay, like you're not thriving because you're literally just on survival mode. And I feel like growing up, with our parents always seeing them on survival mode like you know like i know our parents definitely struggled with like mental health issues yeah. you know with poverty like trying to make it like now our parents all have houses like it's great but it's like kind of we got the shit end of the stick where we're, right. we have the trauma and the ps yeah it really with is. everything like, this is actually a thing don't well you have a psych background right yeah, so, so this this is an actual thing you know so it, we're still in childhood doug we're, we're still in up. childhood doug we're growing up like you know these these traumas do exist and and at, at a young age you're unable to identify them and 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 speak to them in a, in a language that is understandable for you and someone else mm -hmm. um growing up i would always hear like when i would tell my mom i hate being out here on long island i don't like this i'm so sad suck it up <laughs> right men don't cry have to suck it yeah. up too men don't cry don't complain it's okay you we're here for a better life for you and that was such a no pressure hard, yeah no pressure what does that mean they don't know i didn't know so i have to make this up right. as i go and i think that's also part of I wouldn't say the problem, but I think a, a variable that is not spoken to at all either. The fact that our parents, unfortunately, with good intentions, as we're talking about, do kind of pass along some traumatizing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to For us. sure. And like you said, we have to heal through that and figure out how how to come out of that, how to express that and how to turn our trauma into something beautiful. And and this right. is a prime example mm -hmm. of something like that, you know, with this podcast and having that outlet of, of sharing your stories and your identity, who you are and being okay with those things. And that I think the Latin community to itself needs to be more open right. in discussing these things and not putting such a negative stigma on everything that is not traditional. Because mm -hmm. I think even for us, like I know growing up, I had so much just anger towards my parents right mm -hmm. like even you know and, and that's funny because like we're literally in the building where like i've had so many mental breakdowns in this building <laughs> like crying in the yeah. bathroom just like kind of working through everything yeah. right and 
you know, one of the biggest things that I was just like, oh, it's not fair. My parents put so much pressure on me and, you know, like they didn't know how to handle it. Like now looking back at everything, like I realized like I've had ADD since I was a kid mm-hmm. and like no one got me help. Right. Because there was just like. Because that didn't exist. Right. Because that's not a real thing yeah, in our communities. Exactly. I was Dios told, te va a salvar y todo eso. Right. And I kind of <laughs> now like and it's funny because as you're older, I kind of now realize like, oh, like when I was depressed, I was like at, you know, peak Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because it's basically I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't handle life. Anxiety mode, depression mode. Yeah. Right. But like I also now think about like seeing my mother suffer with depression. Right. And like my dad coping with all of his trauma. And it was very much they didn't know how to handle it. So how are they supposed to teach me how to handle it? Right. And and then at the same time, they're here in a new country. They have no support system. They have no resources. This isn't like a thing. Mm -hmm. No son locos, you know? And I feel like that's why for us, like we are exposed to this, right? And we have, you know, like, what is it? A lot of people like to say, ni de aquí, ni de allá. But I'm just like, we're kind of like of both, right? Like, de aquí y de allá. Responsibilities. That's what (laughs) it is. We, we, We are born to our immigrant parents unknowingly realizing that we now have a full time job. (laughs) <laughs> from birth when and what is that full-time job um making money for yourself mm-hmm. making money for your parents making sure to continue the legacy like, of i have your to parents. buy my parents like yeah. i have to buy my dad a house mm-hmm. and i have to like help my parents pay off everything exactly like, and that's and maybe i don't know maybe other cultures are this way but i think that's a very hispanic influence very aspect. much like immigrant maybe experience. yeah you know, especially when you come to the U.S. where it's like, you know, the land of opportunities. And I think there is something to be said that here our parents are able to, you know, we can move up socially a lot easier. For them. Mm-hmm. Right. Than like if, say, we were still in Guatemala. Right. Like I have cousins in Guatemala that they're just married. Like that's and that's the life that's that it. they choose. But yeah, like for me, like literally when I graduated college and, you know, my my grandma, mm-hmm. right, like my mama, Vela, love her to death. She's going to be 95 this year. Been traumatizing Woo! me for the last 60 years. Tommy, she was going to die. But, um, and, <laughs> or okay, so my entire childhood. Just like since she was 60. When we become adults and parents, all Latinos out there, let's not do that, Derek. <laughs> She's like, you have to do this because I'm going to die yeah. for the last 27 years. Don't give me a deadline because, girl. But now she's been nice to me, so I'm a little worried. Um, <laughs> but but right so i feel like when i graduated college i was like you know i just graduated like i'm yeah. so excited and it was funny because they would always be like oh vas a ser una empresaria and i was like i'm not a business person like mm-hmm. i'm an engineer and but even then she was just like i'm I'm really worried and she started crying and i was like what and she was like you're never gonna get married like you have this degree yeah. and i was like what your and- our parents I had already planned out what our life well, it was, was funny, going to look like. Well, it's funny because my parents weren't like that. It was my grandparents and my family in Guatemala. Mm. Like, my mom was just like, don't get married, don't have kids, don't lose your life. And I was like, what are you, what are you trying to say, Ma? Oh, um, my mom <laughs> told me it was Mary, a white chick, and look at me. I'm dating uh, a white guy, so I guess that's close, close enough. enough. <laughs> just some extra things there. Sorry. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm inappropriate um (laughs) but yeah so it's really funny because like going back to that you know our parents had so much expectations for Mm -hmm. us but i think at the same time they were just kind of like do your thing like do everything that i couldn't do right which is a lot of pressure but i know like my grandma now is just now she's come to this this is why i'm concerned 
now she didn't like tell me she was praying for like my future husband she told me she was praying for my cat and i was like oh shit <laughs> I was like she's going uh, but also <laughs> no, no she was just like oh yeah let it you know oh, like she's getting gosh. old and i'm like it's okay it's okay please Dios, dale vida a ese gato para que ella tenga alguien. <laughs> i mean i already lost one cat oh, i know oh, so R. R. taco um yeah so they definitely think that i am the lesbian cat lady um because i'm super alone and and then it doesn't help that like my smart ass (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't help that my smart ass is like what's what's wrong with that and they're just like oh my god yeah um but yeah like low-key ho but (laughs) well it's funny that you that you say that about how your parents were a little bit more lenient for you and i think we were discussing this when we were at our cousin's birthday party uh she turned 23 yeah wow I can't believe it was Mr. 21st. We're the worst. Mm. But it's my sister's 21st. Who cares? I love you, Kari. Oh, my God. I Daddy. think Juancho listens to this. Juan? Shout out to Juancho. Juancho? Yeah, you're at my house all the time. I did not know that you live <laughs> 10 minutes from me. I was like, why is this dude here? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I guess we're going to be family soon, so I love you. <laughs> um, but no, it's so funny that you're talking about um, <clears throat> responsibility and how your parents had a little bit more more leniency with your upbringing of mm-hmm. letting you decide what you wanted to do. And I don't think they had a choice because have you met me? I know, but <laughs> no, that's true. She is, she is, she, she goes to the wind. Um, but we were talking about this at our cousin's birthday party, looking down. Is my mother older? No, your father is older than my yeah. mother. So I guess I don't even know. Maybe it's just a difference in upbringing, but how my parents, especially my mother, um, was more strict and had a more oh, yeah. thought out plan for me in my life. Like you're gonna become a doctor. You're gonna get married to a woman. She's gonna be Jewish. She, you're gonna, she's, she's gonna be Jewish. I wow, don't this know. is very specific. Um, <laughs> she she would say like, don't you know? She doesn't think this way now, so don't hate on her. But she would be like, don't marry Spanish women. They're gold diggers. <laughs> and clearly, you're gonna have that money. And so. clearly, yeah. So. You know, they were really thinking of how do we set up Douglas's life for success? That way he doesn't have to worry. And since he's an only child, I think that's what also was in the back of their head. He doesn't have, he's not going to have the support outside of his immediate family. But two, how the progression of, or I guess the growth of being progressive throughout our family was more open. Like your parents let you do more things and even just sending his parents uh, you know, she comes from a whole different background. Oh, yeah. They're also a lot younger. And they're too. also a lot younger, too. So it's really interesting to see that growth and how, you know, I, I studied psychology and my mother did not know what that was. And she goes, can you get a job with that? Like, what do you do with your life? And I was like, well, I can become a doctor. And I haven't become a doctor, so sorry. But like, there's so many other ways to to use your degree. And I think that goes with the responsibility of everything and, and growing up. So it's just really interesting to see where we are and yeah. how we're we're taking the responsibilities that were there for us and making them our own and and becoming our yeah. own. And our I own think, people. you know, kind of, you know, we've grown so much together. Like, I remember when I was 15, yeah. like you officially like came out to me on AOL, guys. AOL. No, we yeah. were. No. Oh, my God. Wait, can name. we say this? Okay. Say we had just raided our like your parents' cabinet. Oh, oh yeah, we we're underage drinking. <laughs> Don't do it, children. Don't do it. It's bad. Our brain cells died. Um, but <laughs> I, 
yeah, I remember that so clearly. And I, I mean, like, I feel like you might have might be on AOL, like hinted or alluded, mm-hmm. and I didn't get it. And I was super religious, right? Yeah. So we came from different backgrounds. So right. I was nervous like, telling her, but I knew that I had to because we were so close in age, and like right. she was my like, best friend. My, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think that was yeah. So we. Mira, esta tan religiosa, right? Like, I was evangelical, but I was always that annoying kid that would ask a million questions mm-hmm. and then be told, like, just have faith, stop questioning God. And I was like, but, but I want answers. But why? Um, <laughs> but, but, right, so it was funny because I think we was, it was maybe, like, some holiday, and we, like, raided our, like, your dad's cabinet. Yeah. Hope your dad doesn't listen to this. No, they um, never got you. <laughs> but we had raided the cabinet, so we were, like, super drunk, mm-hmm. like me, and I'm just like, it's okay, Jesus will forgive my drunkenness. Like, he drank wine. It's and then cool. they were like, will Jesus forgive my gayness? Yeah, and we were just talking about life, like, being annoying little theoretical 15-year-olds, talking about, like, life, and you were just like, and I think we were talking about God. And you were just like, you think, like, what does God think about, like, gay people? And you I don't were, even remember this. You, I remember, because you're probably drunk. Well, I remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, well, it says it's not good, or in the Bible, right? And oh I'm, like, gosh. really drunk. And I, like, you know, I'm a nerd. So I'd memorize, like, all Shunning the scriptures. <laughs> and then you were just like, Val, like, I'm, oh, you had said bye first. But, yeah, oh, yeah you were just like, first. yeah, you were like, I'm gay. And I was just like, and I kind of just was shook, because I was just like, Okay, like Whoa. everything that mm-hmm. religion has taught me says this is wrong. But I was like, but you're my cousin. Yeah. And I was just like, I grew up age, with you. Yeah. And so I was familiar. like, I know you. I was like, how can, you know, like, God is love and everything that yeah. I was just like, how can it be that then, you know, that you're supposed to burn in hell, mm-hmm. right? And for me, I was just that moment that I started questioning a lot of like what I grew up learning, right? Because my mom had converted to evangelicalism when I was like 13, um so i had been exposed to the world before but it's like a very shut off culture mm-hmm. um but but yeah and i was just kind of like hold up what like there's you know so i just was very shaken in my own faith and was just kind of like okay well you know god is love he's supposed to accept you right yeah so that really kind of set a new i think way of thinking for yeah. myself and that's important for everyone to to come and to realize right. to, to hear these stories out and know that you can change or not change but like grow and adapt because that's life we have to adapt to each other and i think that's really you know and it kind of was just like okay like i mean we're still cousins like you know and and yeah like nothing had really changed and you know we had to keep it like a secret like between (laughs) us yeah yeah, but i remember yeah and i think we've grown so much from there like we've had our falling out but i know for me the moment that i realized i was like i had a falling out with like another person that i trusted that was like a friend Mm -hmm. right and they kind of really screwed me over and i was just like you know what like I literally have people in my life that I would, you you know, that I was just like, I have so much in common with and like care about me so much. And I think I literally had forgotten like why we were fighting. And I was just like, you're my cousin. And I remember I reached out to you because I was like, esta puta, like, I don't even know her. (laughs) Fucking screwed me over. Drama brings family together, guys. (laughs) And then I was just like, (laughs) I miss Tug. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like since then, like that's been like, what, like six months ago? Not even. And time has flown. Yeah, and we've just been like, oh my God, we need to do things, right? Yeah. And I feel like that kind of pushed us to work together more. And and it's so funny because this is full circle, right? Like mm-hmm. we used to make little skits together mm-hmm. as kids. Yeah, right? and now we're using big guy, big grown-up mics and have right? these headphones on. It's, it's so funny. It's so cool. It's so interesting. But yeah, and 
you know, so obviously we're going to have to do more episodes. Yeah, sorry, guys. You went on like a very just <laughs> tangent of nonsense. But thank you so much for having me here today. And I hope to come back. Yes. And I'm so glad to be joining uh, Basic Ground. I'm so excited. And, yeah. So you'll probably see me a little bit more on your on your feeds, on your yes, stories. So we're doing a whole revamp, <laughs> like everything we've been. I've been doing it basically. And I'm super excited that. You know, there's so many people out there that have asked how to get involved, how mm -hmm. to contribute. Like we do have PayPal for donations. You can donate monthly um, or one off via the Anchor app. Mm -hmm. So it's the links are in the bios and in the descriptions, all of that. And we do have merch coming out. So that's another way if you want to support and rock our swag, as well as contributions for the website that we'll be launching. That will really be sharing a lot of people's stories and you know, invite us to things, some this opportunities. <laughs> yeah, you know, then that's something so good that you say. You invite us to things. We'd love to come out and just see, even if it's something so intimate and so small, you know, those are the moments that count. Right. Like we're I think that's the important thing. Like it's really just continuing to build out community. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important way. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for everything that's coming. This is an amazing new chapter yes. in our lives. And we're going to low-key send selfies to our parents. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you all so much to listen. And Doug, um, one last thing. What are you grateful for? Something we're trying to wrap up. Or what do you want like the listeners to take away from this? Just love. You know, there, there's so much drama and everything is, is an obstacle. And there are so many challenges. But just remember that there are people around you that are are going through the same things and sometimes it's about speaking up and you know you can follow me on instagram underscore douglas michael i'm really taking that route and into, you have another project too i have latinx uh journal also on instagram uh, i think that we're going to be kind of working together and mm -hmm. making kind of combining those two but really just creating self-awareness and self-awareness around love and that it's there and that we need to remember that we, we all have shit going on we all have shit That's... going on so don't don't knock someone down just because you think you're hotter because you're not. <laughs> you know? I you love know? that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for thank joining. You. Bye. Bye. Basic Brown Nerds is a production of Carrera Digital Solutions, where dreams, effort, vision come together to empower our communities through tech and media. If you want to support us, you can make a donation through our website, basicbrownnerds.com, or simply share our content with your friends.